A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Switchish. I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. Hello, Ashley. <laughs> Lovely Hi. to see you again. <laughs> I know. I feel like um, last week we were late to the game. Like we recorded too early because a lot of our episode was talking about these Nineteen nine Easter eggs and vaults and clues and <laughs> tests and exercises and um, potential love matches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're here to set the record straight. Uh, yes. Well, speaking of setting the record straight, I do need to go back to a couple of episodes when I talked about, I believe, Toronto getting um, rumored additional dates on top of Ontario's dates. Mm. Okay. I am an ignorant American. So someone messaged us on Instagram to let me know that my uh, sense of geography in Canada is not on at all. <laughs> I had meant Uh-oh. to say Vancouver. In my mind, I had meant to say Vancouver, but I said Toronto because I, I didn't write it down and I was just like trusting my gut, which don't do. Yeah. So you guys... If you're Canadian listening to that episode and you were like, what the heck is going on? I meant Vancouver, not Toronto. My grandpa, who was born and raised in Canada, would be very ashamed of me right now. So, <laughs> Thank you for the correction. Uh, we're always learning and growing. And, um, you know, it, it takes courage to admit when you're wrong. So... <laughs> It does. <laughs> you always think that I'm a little crazy because of all these weird theories I'm throwing at from you that I, I think I catch from Dumois. <laughs> yeah. Dumois really coming in clutch this weekend. Um, you were the first one to share with me that Taylor was, in fact, at the Chiefs game. I was. I had to laugh at the post you shared because it's like they verified it by the um, by her purse. And they're like, see, <laughs> she wore this purse. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a. I was like, I don't know if I trust this, but. (laughs) It was a picture or a video of her going into the stadium. The back of her looks very much like her, like Taylor Swift, the legs, the hair, but the Ashley of it all, you know, people can like look like Taylor Swift from the back. But Mm. it was, you know, I was not watching the game, I was more watching the videos and the replays of Taylor Swift's. yelling in the Kels suite with Mama Kels and the camera was on her a lot. So we got a lot of her reactions and a lot of her, you know, her, her mouthing certain words like let's effing go. It was pretty fun. The internet went. (laughs) NFL has adopted her as their official um, mascot. They're loving the attention (laughs) she's bringing. Um, I saw them change their bio to like Taylor was here 925 or whatever, which is funny. Um, every single post-game interview with the whole team was like, what did you think of Taylor? Like, what do you think of Taylor? Which I'm sure to football fans is annoying because they're like, oh, Travis Travis was relevant before this. Travis is a big mm-hmm. deal. And yeah. um, I, I don't know if you saw the TikTok trend of like girls being like, have you heard of this like Travis guy? Like, I guess Taylor's really putting him on the map and they get so like butthurt and offended. <laughs> Which is my favorite thing to ever happen. Um, And yeah, last week we had talked about these rumors and how I was like, yeah, I don't think they're actually dating. I think he's like 
wanting to hang out with her. I think they might be like texting or chatting or whatever, but I did not Mm -hmm. buy that they were like actually dating or even have dated, um, have gone on a date or met, I mean. But so for more details, um, he last week was like, yeah, I told her like I saw you rock at the stadium. Now why don't you come see me rock at the stadium and we can see like which one's more lit. (laughs) which is hysterical like what a niche um pickup line but it's hot it's cool I think what people like about this pairing is that he's pursuing her and he has his own thing his own like separate talent group so it's like less like oh man I'm a tortured artist like I Mm. I like I you just don't understand me like we work so differently (laughs) and it's more like he's clearly like secure in him and his fame and his like popularity and is like welcoming to her glow um and so anyways they go to the game she goes to the game sits in the box do you think that that was like their soft launch or do you think that was like one of the first interactions, like the first run-ins? Well, we know about like a month ago, he talked on his podcast that he wanted to give her a friendship bracelet. Mm-hmm. And on that friendship bracelet, he was going to put his phone number, but you know, he was not successful in doing this. And he, yeah. on his podcast, he said he was butthurt. So <laughs> I, I think maybe they, like you said, they've texted, they maybe have gone on a date or two. I think they have seen each other in person a few times. I don't know how serious it is. We do know that her and Maddie got like, well, don't know if that was per, like real, but her and Maddie got pretty serious really fast, but they already yeah. knew each other and they had, they had history with this. I, I think they're just getting to know each other she does not do anything. She does not want to be seen unless she wants to be seen. So going to the game, being very public about it, I think she is soft launching the idea to her fans. And there's a lot behind it, which it, it can yeah. be cute. I love that he is secure in who he is. He's a public figure and he's very comfortable being out in the public. One thing I do not like about him and that. It's nothing. It's me being nitpicky. I do not like the way he dresses. Yeah, I don't like his <laughs> style. Although I will give him a nod when they were leaving the Arrowhead Stadium. He was with Taylor Swift. We saw that like clip, that four second clip of them leaving together, and he was wearing like this uh, denim outfit that had like splashes of paint on it, yeah. and it is actually the nineteen eighty nine bedroom painting denim jacket and pants from Kids Super Studios. Well, do you want to know what's funny is that the designer changed the name to 1989 after seeing him in it with Taylor. She was like, I am going to ride this (laughs) this PR place. I was wondering if that's what it was because it was so random that it was 1989. (laughs) And also very random that this guy would be like, I'm going to dress for Taylor Swift. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm going to get 1989. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. The designer was a clout chaser for sure. They were like, hmm, publicity. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good for them. Yeah. yeah. And everyone was like, is that an Easter egg? Did, did he, is he so desperate for Taylor? He's going to dress in <laughs> things that say 1989. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What I also like is that he, he knows the level of stardom Taylor is and whether he was going to do this if Taylor showed up or not, who knows, but he rented out a restaurant for his yeah. team, Taylor and his family. He's been getting, um, I don't know if he profits off of this, 
but his jersey sales increased 400,000 like market and he has more than 300,000 more followers now. Oh, so see, see, she is the bigger deal. Um, So all those NFL fans can suck it. Um, Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's less like, like a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, she's sitting with his mom. Like it's so serious. And to me, it's like, no, it's just box seats. Like the way I'm reading this is similar to you where it's like, this is just her having fun. And her team was really quick to come out the gate with like a statement to people where she was like, oh yeah, Taylor got invited to a football game and thought that would be so fun. She's She's really focused on her work and hanging with her girlfriends, but like this seemed like a great way to spend the weekend. So it's like very much like lowering expectations and trying to be like, guys, this isn't, we don't need to pretend that every relationship she has, every guy she interacts with is her soulmate. Like, let's just like Mm -hmm. taper expectations. And um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, I don't imagine this is like, I think it seems like they had she had fun. She got to go to a game without everyone like psychoanalyzing why she was there. Like obviously people were obsessed with her being there and being like, oh my gosh, Travis is like signing to her at the window. Like he's so happy. And it's like everyone was watching them. But if she had gone to a game randomly, everyone would have been like, what? Who is she here for? What's this for? And so there's probably something relaxing about like the lack of pressure because everyone already wanted and knew that was going to happen, which is a funny way to date. But um, yeah, Yeah. it just seems like they were having a good time. And I'm sure it's definitely nice to one, be pursued and two, have it be by someone who the world doesn't hate. So (laughs) yes, the world does not hate. And he's pretty famous. He has a famous brother, Jason, who plays for the Eagles. So it's very, they're up there in the the stardom. The one thing that is interesting that I I wonder if they do continue dating, if they do find that spark, if Taylor's team is going to try and maybe polish how much they say to the media and what they say to the media. Because Jason was on a podcast. They they love to podcast. Jason. Yeah, yeah. Come on on. (laughs) Travis, come here. He he was telling the the hosts that the rumors were one hundred percent true that they were they were dating, and it was joking, but it like made a lot of media out like outlet headlines. Yeah. So I wonder if like if they are going to be together, will they yeah. teach them the ways of <laughs> not talking too much? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it'll be an interesting crossroads of where Taylor was with Joe versus someone like Calvin Harris, and like if she wants more like open, casual, like a relaxed status around talking about it and being more open to it and like playful with it. Um, Because yeah, it seems like he's, the unique thing is that usually anytime someone else is asked about what it's like to date Taylor, they're also like cagey and kind of like pretentious about it. Like Calvin being like, oh, I'll never work with her. Or like even Tom Hiddleston being like, oh, it's just, you know, like it's a different way to date. And like, I think there must be something refreshing about this like himbo being just like, oh, I was so butthurt. She didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> he's just like harmless. And he seems like, you know, less pretentious about it. And I'm sure that's 
fun for her and reminiscent of like her family dynamics that we used to see a lot more of where she was like, you know, making jokes with her mom or like chasing Austin during Easter egg hunts. And Mm -hmm. so I think that is something that speaks to her, this like sort of, you know, dorky, casual humor. Um, So yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, I I think she's going to go on tour and it'll be really hard for her to have a relationship of any sort of serious, um, you know, type. But it seems like it's a nice way for her to get to date um, without everyone analyzing like her every move per se. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that during this downtime that she has before the next, I think it's, where is she going next? Is she going to South America next? I'm not quite sure where she's going. Yeah, but I she don't remember. Break. Yeah. yeah. I would say, I would say it's Argentina or Brazil, but that could be 100% wrong. You're going to get another um, email about I geography. And hey, <laughs> you know what? I totally get the Canadian one. Yeah. This is me not knowing where she's going yeah. next. That's <laughs> different. Options. But she has this break, and she's not only been going out on presumable dates, but she's also been spending time with her friends. We've seen her out with Blake. We've seen her out to dinner. We just saw her most recently with the latest uh, cast off, I guess, of a Joe. <laughs> Two people just got rid of Joes. Uh, Sophie, Sophie, and her have been yes. out on the town. Now, do you I think know. that is a snub at Joe? Or do you think that's just that they've really cultivated this friendship? Because she is also, you know, you know, Joe's ex, Joe, um, why am I Jonas? Joe Jonas's ex yeah. has also been in Paris with other friends. Do you think it's her and Taylor rubbing it raw with Joe? Or do you think it's just Sophie kind of going around? <laughs> just not, okay, you're gross. Like trying to like be like, do you know what I mean? You're like, hey, I, know. I don't know what I'm talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think I think they've proven that they're like friendly. Like in the past, like her and Sophie have joked around or been seen together, or like they interviewed together, or like on the Graham Norton show once or whatever. So I don't think it was like necessarily ran like out of the blue. Like let's get mm-hmm. this done. But I do think it was a fun. And semi-calculated opportunity for Sophie to kind of have a positive press moment. Like, not that I've seen anyone who's pro-Joe on this. Like, I think Joe Jonas really screwed the pooch in the way he handled the divorce, um, you know, rumor mill. And trying to paint himself as this, like, perfect saint of a father and, like, her as some sort of partier for doing one job after four years. But so I think everyone was waiting. your local fry. (laughs) I think everyone was waiting to see them together because it seemed inevitable. And I think it was good timing because that was the day before Sophie, like Sophie's court filings came out where she was like telling her side of the story where he broke up with her after one fight on his birthday. And then she didn't know he was going to file for divorce until he did it. And it came out in the press and he's actually not letting her take the kids back to the UK with her and is withholding their passports. And so I think having that like positive girl power, like yes, Queens, we hate Joe's reunion Mm -hmm. definitely like one helped everyone feel like, yeah, girl go, but also helps draw attention to her side of the story when it came out because, you know, mm-hmm. SEOs and search engine and all that sort of stuff. Um, That's a good 
I like that. I didn't think of the SEOs and search engines yeah. at all. And I think they hung out again like a couple days ago. So I do think they're like friendly. So it wasn't just like, okay, guys, walk hand in hand and then like we'll ship you off to other places. Like I think mm-hmm. it would be a natural and validating friendship. I think they do have a lot of similarities in their humor and the way they carry themselves and all of that. So yeah, I would love to be a fly on the wall during those conversations. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I would love that as well. Like either Taylor's like, girl, let's talk about it. Like 27 second phone calls are his MO when it comes to breaking up. (laughs) Or she's like, okay, I'm going to be mature. And like your relationship with him was totally different. I won't even like talk about when I dated him. But either way, I think it's, I think Taylor would be a good friend to have in a breakup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just very ironic that it's with they have a similar ex, totally different storylines, totally different levels of seriousness. You know, well, they and he had dated a Gigi. So there's like a oh. whole trio of gal pals who can talk about how Joe Jonas is technically the worst. <laughs> Weird. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. Joe Jonas. <laughs> Joe Jonas. Around the world. Yeah. Well, we also didn't talk about the 1989 track list. No, we didn't because we recorded, I think, the day before it got released. We were like, is this slut? Is this lust? <laughs> What's going on? And so we got the five five titles of the tracks that are confirmed. Are you excited? Are you do you have any theories? Is there one that you're you're calling out to? Well, so she did the whole like um vault clue game on Google, which mm-hmm. also was very clever on a search engine optimization level because she had it like, I didn't play it, but you did. And it was like, you'd I have to like tried. Google different clues, right? So you'd be like Googling yeah. like bad blood, Taylor or whatever. Yeah, and so Googled now- whatever was in the puzzle. Right, right. So now she's like wiped out She's buried all the original 1989, like, Taylor's life theory, whatever, under three, what was it, 30 million, like, searches, 33 million searches through this game. And so it's, like, just she completely buried any of the original content, which I think is interesting because that was the era where she was getting a lot of, you know, heat and negative feedback and, like, this and that and this and that. And so now it's, like... She just completely redefined her Google history, which is great. But also it was funny that she did the slut one separate as like a clue on her Instagram, but then did four of the tracks through Google Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she announced it like she did a voiceover once it was cracked and was like, hey, guys, great job. Like these are the four tracks. And I just want to know why she didn't have the courage to say slut like (laughs) Maybe she wanted the slut to be its own thing because yeah. that's that's what she was – I don't know. That's what maybe people were throwing at her. It was kind of led into her reputation era, the end yeah. of 1989, led into reputation. Maybe that's supposed to like – I don't know. I'm excited for the song because she did it I know. as a separate one, which means it's going to be – Yeah, I wonder if it'll banger. be a single. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's – it, yeah. And honestly, I could see it being like a party anthem, but I could also see it being like a really sad, like reflective 
song that just breaks all our hearts, you know? I hope not. And either way, I welcome it. <laughs> I want it to be more like a like sound that leads you into the reputation era. Yeah, yeah. That's and fair. And vibe. I, a that's real, what I maybe it it'll be. be like an EDM song, like a real um, Calvin Harris inspired, this is what you came for track. I um, would not like that. But we have <laughs> Flet, Is It Over Now, Say Don't Go, Now We Don't Talk, and Suburban Legends. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what is this? What are we, what are, what are our ears going to be blessed with? Yeah. Cause this is the album that was primarily Max Martin Shellback. I don't know if she re, I don't know if they were able to align schedules for her to produce with them again. Yeah, um, but she also did a couple songs on 1989 with Jack. Like that was their first real intro together with Out of the Woods and I wish he would, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like a lot of these will be Jack Antonoff's. I really do. <laughs> for better or worse. Is, oh, do you, but is, for you, is that for better or for worse? Because 1989 was like, you, you have a passion for 1989. Yeah. I know you like Out of the Woods, but yeah. do you want more Jack or more Max? Well... It's tough because I think now Jack and her have such a pattern that it's not always mm. their best. Um, so I'd be curious if it just sounds more like Midnight's um, or if he's able to channel that sort of like 80s synth again. Um, mm. And so I don't know. I mean, I think they sound fun. I think 1989 is such a rich moment in her life that the music can go anywhere. Like, Suburban Legends sounds really compelling to me. Like, I I don't know. I'm curious to see what didn't make the cut because, again, this was the era where she kept it to 13 tracks. She did New Romantics, Wonderland as bonus tracks, and some people think those are, like, her best songs. So it's, like, were these songs that were, like, heavier hits but didn't fit sonically? Like, it wasn't cohesive <laughs> sonically? Um because I could see her doing more ballads this time around since there weren't any. But it was also the time where she was exploring pop. And so maybe they are more like the message in a bottle and like the very first time, the very first night where it's like more just kind of like B-grade lyricism, you know? Yeah. So I'm trying to think, I'm not true Swifty, but what is track five on 1989? I'm looking that up right now. I wish you would. I or wish you would. Yeah. Okay. So it is, yeah. All you had to do was stay was track oh, five. Oh, all you had to do was stay. Okay. I wonder, could have Slut been, if, if it's at the ballad, I wonder if Slut could be that track five that was like up against it. So I wonder out of all of these ones, do we have a contender for track mm. five? Hmm. Compelling. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yes. she also only announced the, f you know, the five and then she has the sixth on Target, which has been leaked to oh, be has? sweeter than fiction. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's uh, an unfortunate bummer for anyone who is holding their breath. Um, I figured I it was would be not. But I am very disappointed that I that's sweeter than fiction. Wait, how's that the bonus track? Because I mean, I understand how it's a bonus track, 
but I was hoping to get new music. Like why yeah, no. five brand new songs, not six brand new songs? Yeah. I think it makes sense because it's like, you know, it's like how she put Ronan on red. It's like a song that's associated with the era but wasn't actually part of the album. So it's like she could have done Bad Blood with Kendrick or like um, – why couldn't oh, she have done the song that she did? Oh, um, this is what you came for. Yeah. Yeah. Why Why not? This is what you came for. And I've. what about the one with um, Zed? I don't know. What are you talking about? Oh, she had that song was Zed. It was on, I forget what it's well, is called. Was it Zed's song? Or was it like a is it Taylor Zed? featuring Zed? Like she's really sexy and she's maybe it's not Zach. Oh, Zane. You're Zane. talking about yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um Fifty Shades. 50, track. Yeah, I would have maybe Fifty Shades I'll, owns owns I'll it. Live forever. <laughs> yes. Fake Swifty over here. Um ZZ, sorry. Yeah, but no, like, I got that. I, and I don't maybe Taylor doesn't own like the Yeah. The right rights for that, but there's yeah, so I don't know things. because Sweeter Than Fiction is a movie track too. So, and she did it. She did the oh. Hunger Games tracks too. So, I don't know. I think Sweeter Than Fiction. Maybe she's trying to make it happen. It did not work for me. Like that was. I literally cannot listen to that song. <laughs> I've never seen the movie. Oh, me neither. Um, me neither. Uh, but it was like her first pop song. Like it came out before 1989. And it was her first time working with Jack Antonoff. And people were like, oh, my gosh, what is this? Like, what happened to Country Taylor? Um, okay. That makes sense. The story behind it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's throwing that on the Target bonus vinyl slash probably CD. She also announced that all of those limited edition, like, oh, while supplies last, every version of 1989 is again available. So never fall for the scarcity, like, panic that Taylor Nation sends out. And all four albums have a different back cover, which look cute, but yeah. they each spell out 1989 together. So it's like she wants you to buy all four again, which, you know, good for her. <laughs> Shelby loves a capitalist mother. <laughs> yeah. And then today she announced that her tour movie would be going global worldwide and that that is going to be definitely the highest grossing movie yeah. of 2023 everyone's haters in our comments <laughs> for their re are real come on i believe in you but yes. billion dollars are as hard to cross <laughs> i know but i know so many friends who are going to see this movie multiple times and for oh, people wow. who are in different countries who taylor's not going to be touring there yeah. Will this be a motivation? It, it, it's it's interesting because Barbie was such a good movie. I'm not yeah. testing Barbie at all. But does Taylor have that worldwide pull for the movie theaters? We'll see. We'll definitely see. Um, that comes out October 13th. And then yeah. 1989, Taylor's version comes out October 27th, 23rd. Yeah. 27. <laughs> 27th. Yep. 27th. And so you might be wondering, well, what are we doing here this week? We finished Midnight's, our analysis on every song over the last 10 months. We've, we wrapped it up last week with Labyrinth. And um, 
I figure October will be our 1989 like digest as we talk about that upcoming album, what we felt during the original era, some of the songs we haven't ever gotten to cover from 1989 as prep work for that. And so this week, I thought it'd be fun to just kind of talk about how we feel about Midnight's, the album, now. (laughs) Yeah, because we've had, like you said, 10 months to digest. We've seen her multiple times touring. And sometimes when you see a song live, it changes the way you feel about the song. Sometimes you either, you love it more, you hate it more. So we've had time to digest our feelings We've had time to look back at the theories people had before yeah. the track, before we heard the tracks. Yeah. And even the theories on, you know, how Midnight was going to be <laughs> shown on tour too. Cause we were yeah. like, what's going on? So it's yeah. just a bunch of, you know, year in review, I guess, really early. Yeah. <laughs> Album in review. Yeah. Well, and it's like, Yeah, thinking back to Midnight's before we got the music, we had the aesthetic, which was very 70s grunge, like in a basement, listening to records through a smoky haze. She has her lighter. She has the something blowing smoke. Um, And then she also did Midnight's Mayhem with me, which was where she gave the set list in the track list in a random order. And at the time, we were like, what is this all mean like what does it stand for and a lot of people have still clung to this like the phone was upside down (laughs) the cord was upside down I don't know if that meant anything I I don't think I don't think any correlation has been found between those tracks um some people have thought that they found correlations I on top of my head I can't really like pinpoint it but they were I think I might have seen like a date if you added up the track tie, the track numbers or something, that it would it equaled a date in October, which coincided with 1989. Like <laughs> a lot of people were like pulling those together, and yeah. so people are still looking yeah. for that because technically yeah. the Midnight's era is it's going ongoing. on, yeah, <laughs> going until the end of tour, until she has her new her new album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you feel like Midnight's got a good um, era? Or do you think it's sort of been kind of bastardized or cut up with these different Taylor's version and then the era's tour being not a Midnight's tour? I think that she publicized Midnight's appropriately because she was saying it's it connects to, you know, the 13 sleepless nights throughout her career. That's and true. I was just think, thinking the other day it really went well and she really, like, way she marketed it, the way she's going about it really fit to the Eras tour and fit to her releasing her new album. So yeah. I think that it all makes sense yeah. given how she introduced the album. Yeah, that's fair. I'm still puzzled by the um, aesthetic technically. I I know. I just finished reading Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh yeah, and it, have you have you read Daisy yeah, Jones and the Six? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I loved it too. And it's like the seventies rock band, you yeah, know, kind of like the grunge. And we really thought we were going to be getting like a seventies rock album. Yeah, the clothes, <laughs> the attire, the videos. We really thought that's what we were, we were getting. Yeah, but it it was not. Yeah, at all. 
I know. It's curious. I I like the theories around it where it's like, oh, there's this duality to Taylor where she's sometimes bejeweled and that's her forward-facing like tour persona, but like really at her heart, she's this like homebody who like loves to write music and like, you know, think about things and, and smoke weed maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's hard to like totally trust that because it wasn't like what's what's the point in that then like mm-hmm. is she trying to bring us into her personal side is that like where she's like dear reader like you know the truth wink wink but like on tour I'll be the spicy this like prettiest blonde like mirror ball you've ever seen um and I'm just I'm curious about it like because maybe it is that it's less about album aesthetics and that's just her vibe these days but I do feel like she's been dressing differently now, thus entering possibly a new era or a new sort of freedom with her Mm -hmm. fashion choices. And so I'm just like, I'm really curious about that piece of the puzzle. Yeah, because the 70s outfits are gone now. Like anything that we're laying to that are kind of gone now. She's she's really embraced her the the fall, but like you said, in that new attire. Yeah. It's a different look and we're wondering are we getting I did hear a rumor that she is starting her new album already, but yeah. you, you don't know how much of that is true because she could be just re-recording her current yeah. albums right now. So you're, I just, I, I take that with a grain of salt. I don't yeah. know where that is and how that's going to go. Yeah. But just historically when she's changed up her look, it's, it's been for a reason. And we've been through, is it three or four? I can't even remember three, I think three different re-records where she hasn't really changed up her look yeah. for that re-record. So it's yeah. not that, oh, we're entering the rep era or we're entering the 1989 era. It's not that. So yeah. it's very interesting. I know. Um, but overall, I think, should we, do you, <laughs> how do you rank Midnight's now that you've had a year to sit on it? Almost. So I haven't like really like ranked them, ranked them, ranked them, like from like, you know, yeah. one to 13, one to 15, 25, 32, um, just throwing out random numbers, <laughs> but I've kind of like the top tracks in my mind that I really oh, like yeah. coming off of Midnight's. I love Maroon, Midnight oh, so Rain, good. Karma and Mastermind. Oh, love that for you. I, I love those. And I think that maybe Midnight Rain was really... Because remember, I think people remembered... <laughs> yes, I was really thrown off by that. But seeing her perform it live yeah. just kind of like changed it for me. Like, I, get it. I was like, I love just the energy she was bringing to it. And so I'm kind of like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't release those two together. And like so I was saying, it's when you see things actually performed, sometimes it changes your mind about the artist or about the album or even about that one song that yeah. you're iffy on. Yeah. No, it's a great – that's a great roundup. I feel like at the time – I should find my notes because I feel like I wrote down my favorites um, at the time because I remember loving – maroon and that's Mm -hmm. stands true because it's a piece of art and i will never forgive her for not including that (laughs) on the main set list um and then 
well, then we get into the messiness of this like Midnight's rollout where you have 17 different albums and like different bonus tracks and 3 a.m. until the dawn and after noon or whatever. <laughs> and so honestly, if I were to rank all Midnight's tracks associated, whatever, I would definitely put Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda, um, yes. Maroon. See, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking of that. I know. So it's because it's like so – it's just so discombobulating. It's so disorganized. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like who knows what actually counts, what's the best. And Hits Different I think is still a bop and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually do like You're Losing Me. I don't know if that counts though. It does because it's on – she released it on one of the – album versions Mm -hmm. right like it's a midnight's album song yeah um and then i it's hard to pull up a complete list to make sure i'm not forgetting some (laughs) right um because now i need to find the most full one available on streaming yeah it really is hard because there's so many different albums with different songs that aren't included on the other songs like come up with that track list yeah <laughs> um yeah so woulda coulda shoulda hits different maroon and probably um bejeweled and karma bejeweled and karma are really fun yeah. like hand in hand I like bejeweled. Yeah. yeah bejeweled is like probably the bad blood of it where a lot of people are like that's not her best work but i'm like well it's not meant to be her best work but i think it is an elevated pop song like the lyrics are actually really interesting and the visuals and like the metaphors of like don't put me in the basement when I want the penthouse like <laughs> yes queen and um <laughs> it's like gorgeous but I think a stronger a stronger contender for like her j- glitter gel pen songs um and she has fun with it and um I think I like it I like the energy I like the build of the song more than seeing karma on stage as the finale which felt a little bit like more of a fizzle than I expected. Um, I mm-hmm. think because it doesn't have like that big of a buildup. Um, and I think that's sort of my sentiment for Midnight's as a whole. Like I think it's good. It's giving fizzy pop, but it's not like something that I think is her best work overall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is interesting because you had claimed Karma as her closing track for yeah. the tour. Yeah. And so it's really interesting how you tie the how you're a little bit disappointed and is it the production of the tour or is it just like what's so I guess disappointing about that song I think it's just like one it's a hard show to close right like because it's so full of big moments that Mm -hmm. after three hours you're just like what you're like sensory overload so it's like it's hard to top things like the don't blame me or like even long live or um <laughs> like I don't know like Red. the my tears ricochet type of thing yeah. um and I think midnights like I said is kind of more like monotone like there's not as many like you know the tracks just kind of like sit rather than mm-hmm. they don't feel as um ambitious as some of like the notes she hits on like reputation or like I think about the reputation stadium tour and this is why you can't have nice things while it wasn't one of her singles it wasn't like one of her most known tracks and so some people were like why is she ending on this 
it has such a compelling buildup where it's like, and here's to my mom. You know, it's like, yes, Mm -hmm. you're like fist pumping, you're jumping, whereas karma is pretty like repetitive and Mm -hmm. also kind of like sonically just like one note. Like there's not like a big bridge. It's all just like basically the chorus over and over is the interesting part. And so I I don't hate the song. I just felt like, oh, that wasn't as like poppy as some of her other finale moments have been. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know what she would have replaced it in. Like I still think Karma is the biggest closer for Midnight's, but I think that just explains a little bit of why Midnight's isn't my favorite album overall. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's not saying anything about, about Taylor or music. It's just the tone that Midnight's evokes is not yeah. comparable to the other tones of the concerts that Taylor's done in the past. Yeah. Like, I think I think Midnight's as an album probably ranks lower than Reputation, even though at the time I would have said Reputation isn't my favorite because it's so all over the place. It's kind of like... what you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I think reputation has some really um like compelling and sort of boisterous songs not just like that they're pop but like even something like New Year's Day has such a distinct quality to it and it was like something new to try whereas Midnight's a lot of the songs kind of blend together or like they kind of like there's not like a melody or a hook that stands out in the same way on an album where you get like getaway car and I did something mm-hmm. bad and don't blame me all in the same like chunk of sound. Whereas here it's like, you know, I think the eras tour really highlighted for me how a lot of midnights like sounds the same, you know, mm-hmm. and Midnight, not only sounds Karma the same. Yeah. But sounds like other songs too. Yeah. Remember when the nights came out, yeah. A lot of people are like, I don't know, but this one song, like some it was Maroon at the time. Oh, yeah. I remember my friend messaging me saying, Maroon sounds like another one of her songs. I can't place it. Like yeah. it 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 very it calls out to different albums, but not yeah. I think in the way that we were hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like like it's just the essence of, I don't know, because I think about, like, if she'd done, like, a don't blame me moment with would have, could have, should have, like, that would have just, like, <gasps> blown the roof off the stadium because I think there's so much, there's, it's such a dynamic track. Whereas doing, doing Lavender Haze, doing Mastermind, doing Karma, doing Midnight Rain, it just starts to kind of, like, I don't know, blend. So, me- Maybe you would have enjoyed a mashup during Bed Nights. Maybe yeah. the closer should have been a mashup exactly. with like karma and something else. Yeah, probably. I mean, again, I don't think Midnight's. I think, I think Midnight's is a stronger overall album than some of her others, but I don't think it has close to as many like of her greatest songs as some of her mm-hmm. other albums. Like Lover to me is a messier album. It's overstuffed. There's too much going on, but it has some awesome tracks. And like Evermore, it feels repetitive to maybe some of folklore, but man, does she have some 
epic songs on there. Mm-hmm. Whereas Midnight's is like, sure, it goes together like well. I can put it on and I jam to every song. Like none of them are like, what's this doing here? It flows really nicely. But I mean, I just like most of the original track list, except for Maroon, are probably okay. not even like top 50 Taylor songs for me. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about Maroon. I was like, well, yeah. I love You love Maroon. So I was like holding that back. But now That's just my baby. It. That's my yeah. <laughs> little baby. orphan who could. It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, honestly, I'm glad you're here, but I don't think she wants you here. Um, yeah. I mean, because I have fun with it. Like, it's an album I still listen to. I like, mm-hmm. I think it's a great driving album. Like, it's a good background noise, sort of like enjoyable pop like musical moment do you think she could have made a whole tour just off of the midnight's album could she have that would have been as successful as the era oh well absolutely not like this is an insane tour but do i think it could have like matched reputation like no I think she knew. Like, I think it was a strategy on her part. Like, she knew what she wanted. And like you said, it does a nice job of tying into the overall moment in her career, which is these re-recordings and these revisiting of past moments and kind of like allowing her to prove her maturity and how she's grown and how her her perspective has changed. So you do get like different insights into something like the Dear John of it all or like how, yeah, like the Bejeweled versus Gorgeous, like just this sort of understanding of herself really comes through and she does it in a really accessible pop style um instead of like the elements we got through folklore and evermore and i think also she knew she had to have something to reset her public facing career because folklore and evermore were both like pandemic albums and so they're quieter and not really tour material and so she was like okay like how do i whip up whip up the hordes to come to this era's tour, which she clearly had wanted to do forever and knew that that was the best way to get to perform Lover, to get to perform Evermore, to get to perform Folklore. And so she needed a new album. And I think Midnight's is a strategic like mastermind uh, mm-hmm. play for her to get everything reset to where she needed it to have this sort of renaissance stage moment. Yeah, and I think she's going, I think in her mind, and maybe this is just me being a clown, but I think by the end of the tour, I think she will have released all of her re-records, like yeah. even debut, and then that'll really give her that time to be like, I have performed almost every song on my catalog throughout yeah. this whole performance, including the bonus tracks. Yeah, I know. Absolutely wild. It's really an impressive undertaking, and I think it was the best way to do it because instead of making us like sit in the Midnight's era forever, there's this constant like refresh with these different versions being released and the secret songs like being able to bring back attention to different albums. Like it's really, really fascinating. And I feel like it's an it's a tour that will be studied just because of how like accessible it is no matter your uh obsession level with taylor <laughs> yes because <laughs> like that i think it true. just it highlights all the things she wants to which is that she's a songwriter she knows how to cater to her audience and like support her fans and um she knows she's like broken records and wants to be taken seriously for those instead of being seen as like a 
not a one hit wonder, but sort of like a flash in the pan or like a lack of relevance globally or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. I think she's really asserting herself as like, I'm not just the girl who writes about breakups. I'm not just like a pop star that was propped up by her daddy's money. Like every single criticism that she's had, she's just like overcoming in this moment of like, <laughs> just like total, like come to Jesus stylings where the world, but like can't, help but bow to her because it's like damn like way to prove the haters wrong and the lovers right you know yeah and she's in this this peak of her career where she's like okay i'm at this peak i'm just gonna keep on giving and giving and i'm gonna soak up the the," because she has said in miss americana you know i think she's afraid of being irrelevant i think Mm -hmm. she's afraid of them being like you're too old you know she's Mm -hmm. gonna be turning 34 like it out with the old and with the new and she's at this prime of her career where I don't think any of us really like I knew Taylor was big but like she surpassed any expectations that she's had so she's just she's just living in it basking in it and just like I don't know she's like a magnet she's like I'm gonna take all of it that I can all this bejeweled stuff I'm gonna make (laughs) myself shine brighter than I thought I could yeah yeah. And it's like also an opportunity for her to prove her business savvy, which she also wants to be yes. known for. So it's like she's in control. She's making the calls. She's proving her point every turn, every turn, because she was like, I'm going to do this Eras tour. Like, I don't need to just focus on one album to get sales. I'm going to bring everyone on planet Earth to my shows. And yeah. I'm going to release this tour video. And I don't need any sort of producer to do it because look at me. Like, I I can make this happen. And so it's sort of just like you can feel her just like <laughs> powering up almost. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I think Midnight's just happened to be the easiest vehicle for her to do that. And not to diminish like some of the content and like what she explores and what she reveals. And like, I think there are some really sharp lyrics on the album. I just think overall, what mattered was having this vehicle to help pull everything else she had planned behind her. So yeah. Yeah. What a strong vehicle that was. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Well, I wonder, so next month we're going to be talking about you know, the lead up to 1989, looking back at the past and what we hope for the future of 1989. And then we're going to, we're going to blink and we're going to have all of those tracks. So we will be looking into new tracks soon, but in the meantime, we're going to be diving into our favorites from 1989, our yes. moments from 19, 1989. Uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad that it was so long ago because I feel like it was just yesterday. It's sickening, honestly. I know. <laughs> but if anyone wants to connect with us, email us, um, correct me and everything I've said wrong. <laughs> uh, you can DM us at Switches Podcast on Instagram or email us, switchespodcast at gmail.com. But until next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, I'm so glad that you are finally in the penthouse of someone's heart. (laughs) Or the the suite of someone's heart. Yeah. With your mom, (laughs) yeah.